Hey everyone, this is Eric Frankhouse for EFP episode 15, and today we are going to talk about combat. Yeah, that's right. The thing that every game has, everybody wants, but when should you really use it? We'll be diving into a few topics on this. Basics, new ideas, description, damage, and death blow. Man, that's that's a triple D. Alright, let's dive into this episode 15. Get the show on the road. Every tabletop RPG has combat of some form, and many of them use it more than others. Our 5e is a great example of combat being predominantly what it's about. The character classes are built around it. There's an entire chapter for it. I mean, really... It's the opposite of most games. It is a, it's the closest thing, I think, to miniatures that you can get. The idea of combat in an RPG, without getting so nitty-gritty and so detailed that you're actually playing a miniature game. We have to remember that D&D originally came from miniatures. I mean, they, Chainmail was the representation of that back during, what was that, 3.0, 3.5. So the idea of combat has always been involved with our RPGs. And it's there for a reason. Combat is resolution. Combat is answers to things that talking doesn't always, you know, solve. Well, that's all good, but when do you use combat? Like, when's the right time to actually have combat involved in your game? So the basics, and that's this first topic, is every system has combat. Um, but as GMs and PCs, we, we need to know when we should use it. You shouldn't walk into a room and always just say roll for initiative. While that has become a trope for tabletop gaming, that isn't always the best answer. Combat should become something that is happens out of necessity. Like, you wouldn't jump someone just because you want to jump them. You jump somebody because there's a reason behind it. I think as players and GMs, we need to get that mentality kind of locked down. If you're going after the big bad and you've been chasing them for a while... Yeah, combat might start. It might be that thing that just happens because you've been pitted against this person for session after session. But if you're in a bar and someone's talking shit to you, the idea of you just beating his skull in doesn't really make sense. Maybe instead you restrain him. Maybe instead you talk them down. Call the cops. Or you do get in a fight, but just subdual damage. There's different kind of combat. I mean, Shadows of the Demon Lord has combat just for social, and it is pretty fantastic. I believe Mutant Year Zero does the same thing, and there are other games out there that do it as well. But the basics are this. Understand your combat. Know the different versions between physical, social, magic, and so on. Know the rules. Have a cheat sheet. And then get ready to do the next parts. The things that are important. New ideas to, and descriptions are huge. So I want to jump into that next, but really quick... Combat is something that people look forward to. So I'm not saying take it out of your game. I'm just saying make sure that it has its place and that that place makes sense. It's not combat for combat's sake. I mean, after all, this is role-playing. It's about playing a character or playing in a world, not rolling dice on a table just to murder things. Go play board games for that shit. I mean, I'm just saying. But let's get into the big parts here. So, new ideas. And I'm doing this before I get into the other, the triple Ds. New ideas for combat. Combat is something that I look forward to. And I know in my last section I just talked about how it doesn't have to be 
you know, the end-all be-all. But combat is important. It is something we don't get to do in our real lives without, you know, being in trouble. I mean, you go to jail for that kind of crap. But in our games that we're playing, these fantasy worlds, we get to do that. And here are some of my new ideas. I think that combat can be more than just beating the crap out of each other um, for no reason. There needs to be... There needs to be kind of like the, the ebb and flow, the balances of why and why not. So I want to talk about putting a new rule into state for any game. And the idea of you carrying the bruises and wounds for you being in combat for so long. So for example, I'm playing Kingdom Come Deliverance right now. Sorry about that. I'm playing Kingdom Come Deliverance right now. And this is a really, really Kind of set in 1402, you're playing medieval and, and you look like crap. And if you've been in a lot of combat and you're wounded in a game and you're beat up, the common man doesn't want to look at you the same way. So we're going to use 5e as our example. The idea of a disadvantage to dealing with people because you're covered in blood is huge. And maybe nobles don't want to deal with you at all. But then if you go and you're all beat up, but the guards see that after you've been in a combat, maybe you get advantage on that. The idea of combat should have an after effect. If you're known for getting into fights and, and kind of shaking people down, the GM should offer up that intimidation check before. We all see it in movies where the guy walks in, everyone knows he's a badass, like John Wick walks into the room. People go, dude, that's John Wick. He's got a rep. He's, you don't mess with that guy. He's going to murder you. And I think the effects of the previous combats you've had as a player, maybe as a GM you just mark how many times... That dude has killed somebody or, or in this city has been in fights. And use that to the player's advantage. As a player, you can do this as well. Keep track of how many times you've been in combat, how many times you've won. And say, hey man, I've, you know, out of character, I've lost over 2,000 hit points. In character, I got bruises, broken nose, and scars. And I'm going to approach this guy saying, look at me. Do you know how many fights I have been in? You're going to draw a blade on me in public in the street. Where all these people have seen me murder your people, your bandits. This idea of bringing combat to the forefront for role-playing is something I feel is missing. So think about this as you're running your games and you're running combat. Or as players, if you're a combat-oriented person, it doesn't even have to be like I just described. Someone's been physical combat. What if you're a mage that has been out there casting spells and has been at the forefront of war? In my phylactery sessions, I talk about Calder. Calder is playing a warlock in 5e in my new setting, High Magic. And he was a captain. And people respect him because he's been to war and come back and seen things. Just like when people tell us they're in the military, we say thank you for our service. Because they've seen things and been to war and, and been in combat, and they serve you know the country in, in my tabletop RPG, this guy has protected the kingdom. There's a level of respect that comes with it. And the GM and players need to keep that in mind. When combat is over, there are ripples that come out for it. And you can do some really, really cool things with it. So keep these things in mind. This is just a, not even a new idea. I guess reinforcing something I feel we all forget about after the combat is done. We wipe the damage off of our sheet and move on to the next room, to the next city, to the next whatever. Keep these things in mind because you can use them later. And my last example of that is in my Numenera West Marches game, my friend Kelly is playing 
uh, Vermissa, and she has an, uh, what is it? She has a halo of energy or something along those lines. Exudes energy. And she's plasma blasted so many people and just cored them like Predator that people back at Tentacle are starting to recognize her. That, that's that person you don't, she's a real bodyguard. Don't mess with her. So, new ideas. Keep those things in mind as you play. Next, let's get into descriptions. So, description. This doesn't have to be long, but it is important. While combat is amazing, you really need to think about how you're describing it as a GM or as a player. It makes the difference. For example, when you watch a movie and the combat has shaky cam that is so bad that you can't tell what is going on, it becomes numbing. But if you are watching a great martial art movie or a great whatever, John Wick, and they're up close, and the guy knows what he's doing. And Ken Reeves trained to shoot guns to be able to play John Wick and make it look good. Same thing happens for your tabletop RPGs. Every die roll is something that should be explained, even if it's short and swift. And it doesn't always have to be on the GM. If you have a level of transparency up front, and I talk about this transparency a lot, and I guess it's kind of the new way to run, Tell your players before you start, hey, in combat, guys, I'm going to ask you, what does it look like? Get your ideas ready. Get your fighting style down. If you're a barbarian that's raw that goes out and attacks people and just feral, if you are a marksman in a, in a modern setting that snipes and really plans out the course and has been watching this person for days and how they move, and you know every step that they take, get that methodicalness into your combat style. And if you're playing in sci-fi and you're a hacker and... My friend, the recent new friend on the Emerald Grid, Cryptic, is great at describing his Matrix actions and what they look like. His spoofing and hacking and what he's doing, and he keeps them short and sweet. And I think you should do that. And as a GM, combat is huge. Players are there for it. You need to describe it and make it fun. And not every monster has to last forever. There is something that was amazing in 4th edition, and Fantasy Flight Games still does it, where they have minions. Yes, they can attack and hurt you, but... As long as they get hit by anyone, they die. And I love that concept because it has that epic movie you know, feel to it where people are just dropping that don't matter. But the combat part of it is huge. They still nick you and hurt you. But you want those bodies that can just fall. And I think a lot of games have not put that in. But it's really easy to add. Just give them damage. Give them health. Or sorry. Give them damage. Give them what they can do. Give them skills. But their health is just they get hit and they die. The shit's, that's all there is to it. And with descriptions, here's some examples. This is going to be a person fighting with a sword. Attacking, we're going to go with fantasy. We're attacking a bugbear. All right, so the bugbear attacks you. You put your shield up and you block. Long sword posed down behind it, guarding the blow coming in. You slide it across, nick his first rib. And when you come back, you strike him in the back of the head with a pummel. The bugbear roars and his next attack comes in low trying to sweep you and as you start to fall back you grab a hold of the back of his head and bring him down to your knee with all your weight as you're falling to the ground and paling him on your blade real simple combat real simple description and i knew it was a killing blow so i went with that and that's something you can do and it's not hard to do and i recommend picking up the pace with your descriptive text in combat because people then remember it now with that said I want to talk about damage next and what you can do to make it uh, a little more relevant and what players can do as well.
All right. Damage. Damage is a large part of combat, and every system handles it differently. And it is, besides initiative, one of the things that cause combat to slog to a halt. Damage is the math. Damage is the how much can I take. Pathfinder, 3035, 5e, all have a pool of hit points that people forget represent Nick's stamina, dodging, a little bit of everything. It's not just how many wounds you can take. It's everything down to that. And what I've always described it as is once you get down to hit points equal to someone's constitution, that's when they're actually taking those really bad blows, those broken ribs and things like that. That's how I handle hit point pools. Then you've got games like Shadowrun that every X amount of boxes, you take penalties. And Numenera, when a pool drops, you take a penalty. If your strength goes down, you can't lift. Speed goes down, you can't walk. So on and so forth. Damage can be pretty amazing. And it doesn't just have to be about hit points. It can be narrative. So Dungeon World, your actions are described as narrative, and I think damage should be as well. Again, a new friend of mine, Cryptic, that is on Emerald Grid, talks about damage in a totally different way. As a matter of fact, players don't track their hit points. And John Wick did the same thing, a big-time game designer. So they track it themselves and describe what you look like and how damaged you are. It's a little more work on the GM side, but pretty amazing. And it also allows you to fudge things a little bit. Players don't have to know how much damage you're doing. And when they get down to a certain amount, you say, listen, another hit like that, and you're a goner. Or another two hits like that, and you're a goner. It allows the players to make decisions and not metagame. Now, I think this works really well for things like Ravenloft, horror, uh, stuff where every moment could be your last. High fantasy, players should be able to make those decisions. They know how much they can take. And then for modern stuff, you probably have, well, sci-fi. You have trackers and things that let you know how many hit points you have. But these are great ideas of what damage looks like. And another thing you can do, and I've done this in the past, is someone takes a blow and I say how much damage it is, I ask the player, hey, where did you take the damage and what does it look like? How bad is it? I let players describe it. So keep these things in mind when you're doing damage in combat. Now, I got a little uh, a little thing we need to talk about, and it's really just a bumper. So enjoy, guys. It's winter, and convention season is upon us. February 15th through the 18th, Genghis Khan 41 in the Hyatt Regency, Denver, Colorado. But if you can't make it to that, Blackmore Society will be running in parallel online. You can find them at facebook.com slash groups slash the Blackmore Society Players Guild. If you're available Saturday, you can join me, Iron GM Necessary Evil, World Title Holder, playing Savage Worlds Pirates. I hope you guys enjoyed that. So Genghis Khan's be pretty awesome. Um, I'm excited to be playing in this. They are an organization that runs things in conjunction with conventions. But back onto the topic, let's talk about Death Blows. It's a really short piece. 
If you guys remember Dragon Age, the very first one, when you had to kill something, the camera would pause and you could rotate it and take the picture of the death blow. I love doing this for major combats. And not every little thing, but the big bosses or the lieutenants or that kind of thing. Ask the player, all right, man, this is the last hit. What does your death blow look like? I do the same thing every time I drop a player and I let it leave a scar. There's something about that final blow, like the player should be able to describe how it happens. That epic moment of their sword driving through its throat as they spin around and decapitate it. Or the fireball blasting and it hitting inside the mouth and blowing the head off the creature. Or filling the hall with lightning and just scorching everyone in it. The idea of having that death blow is part of the fun of tabletop RPGs. I think you need to describe that. And more, I think you need to let your players describe their death blow for major characters. So that's all I really have to say about death blows. And I have a few questions. With combat, do you guys use critical hits? And I mean critical hit tables. The idea of them is awesome. I, I use TPK games laying waste for a long time. But sometimes it gets a little clunky. And I find that critical hits should be, you know, extra damage, things along those lines. But you can just describe the blows instead. In Numenera, or Cypher System, you get minor and major effects. And if it's damage, you can decide to do extra damage or decide an effect. I think with major, it's cool if you do things like I disarm them or I break his hand. I slam at the door so he can't do something. What do you do for critical hits? How do you handle them in your game? Is there a system that you use? So Anchor is free. Download it. Lower left-hand corner, you can call him. Or you can always send me a message online, and I'll try to get it answered on the show. Last, my Patreon is going to be changing this month. The first micro-campaign is going to be coming out. I'm not going to say the name of it, but I can tell you that it is 5e, high magic, and it takes place in a very cool setting where the marks of monsters can affect you. That's right. Attacking monsters with spells can actually turn you into them. All right, everybody, that's it for me. I hope you guys had a great Valentine's Day. I hope you're excited for all the stuff coming up with conventions this week and throughout the next couple of months. If you have questions, send them in. And most of all, go enjoy your games, share the hobby, and roll some dice. Talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.